This show is intended for mature audiences. Headphones and listener discretion are advised. Greetings, travelers. I am the chauffeur, welcoming you to the night drive. A weekly podcast where we will venture through the unknown to the most obscure reaches of our world. For the stories I will share are as dark as the road ahead. But make no mistake, these are not tales of my imagination. No, they've been experienced by travelers like you. So keep a keen eye on the road, because your nightmare might be waiting around our very next turn. If you've already felt the chill and want my headlights cast upon your encounter, email me to story at thenightdrivehorrorpod.com or send me a message on Instagram or TikTok, the links to which are in the episode description. Now sit back, relax, and let the night take over, because mile one of our journey is about to begin. Being a new show and not having many travelers, hitchhikers, or passengers, I, the chauffeur, had to scour my travels to find this story for you. The story of young Mark and Elmer. You see, with Halloween right around the corner and spooky season ramping up to full tilt, you will likely find yourself drawn to attractions like haunted hayrides, ghost tours, and the Halloween staple, a haunted house. These houses pop up all over the country, seemingly overnight, with shoestring budgets. Given these attractions' goal of instilling fear, it is no wonder that many urban legends surround them. One popular and chilling legend that has long been associated with haunted houses is that they use real skeletons stolen from local graveyards in an effort to save money. It's a legend that feeds into our deepest fears that the underlying dread and monsters in the dark might be more real than we think. For young Mark in the fall of 1950, the heyday of early horror attractions, this urban legend became all too real. In the vibrant heart of the Noop Hike amusement park, amidst the buzz of laughter and cheerful calls from game booths, stood a singular attraction that whispered a promise of a different kind of thrill. A large worn-out sign swung gently in the breeze, casting a long shadow on the ground below. Nine-year-old Mark's eyes lit with excitement and nervousness as he clutched his father's hand. It was this very haunted house that the older kids in school whispered about. That hanged cowboy is so cool. I cannot believe they added smell to that room. It's so disgusting. They would whisper to themselves, unknowing of Mark's eavesdropping. As Mark stepped closer, the eerie sounds echoed from within the depths of the building. It seemed to breathe with an ancient sigh beckoning him in. His young heart became captivated by its chilling mysteries, and today he intended to confront them. The gloom swallowed him as he stepped in. Mark's flashlight danced around, revealing fleeting glimpses of what lurked within. Monstrous animatronics, echoing groans and sudden surprises. With every jump and scream, Mark clutched his father's arm tighter. The initial thrill now tangled with genuine fear, but nothing prepared him for what lay ahead, even knowing what awaited for him in that final room. In a dimly lit alcove away from the rest of the animatronic scares, his flashlight beam landed on something that seemed out of place. A all-too-lifelike figure, suspended, swaying ever so slightly in a breeze that Mark didn't feel. 
It didn't lunge, it didn't scream, it didn't need to. Its haunting realism and empty gaze locked on Demark. The air in the room became heavy, and then came the awful smell. A smell of a long, rotten corpse hit Mark's nose. Sensing his son's terror, Mark's father gently tried to pull him away, reassuring him, telling his son it's just a prop, it's just a haunted house. But for Mark, his world had narrowed down to that singular, petrifying figure, an image seared into his mind, overshadowing everything else. Emerging back into the daylight, the familiar sounds of the amusement park washed over Mark, but they felt distant. He sat there and all he could think about was that was a real person, and no amount of consoling from his father would change what Mark knew in that instant. Mark made himself a promise, one that he would eventually break, but he vowed never to think or speak of that cowboy ever again. To his dismay, for many years, Mark would toss and turn every night. The shadowy recesses of his room took on the menacing forms that he saw in the haunted house that night. The figure, the hanging cowboy, visited his dreams. Its silent gaze locked onto him. As the years went by, Mark did eventually leave the hanging man in his past. That is, until the winter of 1976, when a film crew was using that very same New Pike haunted house as the backdrop for a show. While inside, a cameraman was asked to move the hangman out of a shot. When he grabbed its arm, it broke off. To everyone's surprise, the prop's arm revealed a completely anatomically correct human arm. The film crew promptly alerted authorities, and just like that, the nine-year-old Mark's fears and suspicions were confirmed. You see, this, quote, prop was none other than the mummified body of Elmer McCurdy, a failed bandit from the Old West who was shot and killed in Oklahoma, 65 years before being discovered in the New Pike Amusement Park. Elmer was unremarkable in life. He attempted to rob multiple banks, but never came away with much. This was primarily because Elmer was a failed bomb technician for the U.S. Army and had no competency building bombs. In fact, he destroyed more money than he ever stole in his robberies. The last heist he ever attempted was, in perfect Old West fashion, a train robbery. Elmer and his crew were told of a train that had $400,000 in cold hard cash in its safe. But Elmer robbed the wrong train. They walked away with $46 and a bottle of whiskey. And this crime is what led to the shootout where Elmer refused to surrender. Upon being dispatched by the sheriff. Elmer was embalmed in arsenic, a practice known today for its incredible preservation qualities. Unfortunately, Elmer's lifestyle did not accommodate close ties with friends or family, and he was left in the funeral home for months before, finally, the funeral director decided to display him, showing off how well he could preserve bodies. Eventually, two circus owners pretended to be Elmer's brother to get the body so that they could parade his remains around for their own profit. From here, Elmer's body made the rounds, circling the country as a display piece dozens of times. Over the years, it was lost to time that Elmer was a real person. Many began to believe that he was just a prop, ending up at the haunted house in the New Pike Amusement Park. When identified, Elmer's body was transferred to Guthrie, Oklahoma, the place where he had taken his final breath. He was buried and covered in two feet of concrete, to ensure that no one may extort his corpse again. However, as Elmer's body was encased in concrete, it's arguably Mark who cemented Elmer's legacy. When the news of Elmer began circulating, Mark, now a full-grown adult, worked full-time as an artist for the Mattel Toy Company. 
Seeing the news of Elmer, Mark was transported back to his experience and the feelings he had when he visited that house. He felt vindicated, so when he was asked by his boss to create a villain for an upcoming toy line, Mark created Skeletor, citing his terror when faced with Elmer McCurdy as the inspiration. It was through this chance meeting that both Elmer and Mark's legacies were set for all Eternia. It seems this is where our journey stops for now. If you have a story you'd like me to tell or research, send me an email to story at the nightdrivehorrorpod.com. Feel free to follow the show on Instagram and TikTok. All the links are in the episode description. Thank you for writing, Traveler. I'm your chauffeur, and I'll see you next time.